0: We're back. It's been a few days. A lot has happened. But we are alive and well and we are back. So I uh, wanted to jump on and talk a little bit about branding. I've I've been meaning to do this for a few days because I had a really cool thing happen to our little family and it has brought to the forefront the importance of branding and what we can do about it. So Let's run our little intro and we'll start our discussion from the little back couch. Welcome back. I, there's been some of you that have actually, and I appreciate it, there's been some that have asked me, I guess I just, excuse me while I adjust this a little bit. There have been some folks that have asked me why I have such a long intro. And um, one, I, I didn't know it was a long intro. I just um, sent it off to some, uh, fr- uh, not a friend, now a friend maybe a gentleman on Fiverr who happens to live in Pakistan, and he threw that together for me, and I thought it was great. It was better than just um, having nothing. So um, he put that together for me, and I've run it ever since. But what I love about it, and I just, from now on, I want you to picture this, that when the intro starts, that I feverishly get up from my seat and go running over to the refrigerator and get a drink. I've forgotten to open up the levelors to the so I can have some natural light coming in, um because I normally just work in a dark cave because it's easier on my eyes, and so i and I have to turn the lights on, so I have this this beautiful oh, what was that? Oh, well, I've got some powers, but anyway, so then I have the light coming down and then I have to pull the door shut because there's a fan running down the uh, the way so I know that it seems like it's just kind of a cool intro, but I am darting about getting everything ready. Okay, so everybody needs to understand there's a purpose behind it. And um, for, and this is what you can, the longer the intro, the dumber the host. Okay, so that's just a little formula that I've learned over the years in entrepreneurship. So that's it. So no intro, when the people have no intro, they're probably the smartest ones. Okay, so. Well, great to have you here on a Monday with me. I appreciate it very much. We have had a very eventful few days in our family. And what's cool about it is it brought up this the importance of branding and what it means and what it can, the kind of emotion that can be brought out because of a a brand. And a couple things kind of started this for me. We we tend to watch some old TV shows. My uh, my wife and I do, and, and we like older TV shows because, um, frankly, they're less disgusting. So um, it keeps a little peace in the home because we're not watching really disgusting, foul things. So most of our shows that we watch are pretty old, and we like it that way. But I was watching one episode, and it was uh, one of the actors on the show had a, a shirt on, a polo shirt a shirt like this, oh, the polo's over here, but had a shirt like this, but it had like the old Nike logo. And I know everybody wants me to say Nike, but they spelled it wrong. It's just Nike. My brother's named Mike. So I don't know. You can be fancy if you want. And if you're gonna be fancy, then you better stick something fancy over the top that tells me it's fancy, because if you just spell it N-I-K-E and you tell me, hey, you should call it Nike, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna call it Nike, okay? So anyway, you had one of the, you remember when when Nike first came out with their logo, it was Nike, right? It had Nike and then it had like the swoosh underneath it, but you had the big block letters and then the swoosh underneath. Literally one of the ugliest logos I've ever seen and I still despise it to this day. Horrible logo, in my opinion. Just dumb, right? That little swooshy thing and block letter, ni- ugly, horrible logo. Now at, over time we've gotten to know that logo so very well that it doesn't need the Nike anymore, right? The block letters are gone. Uh, it just did it well for a while for us to kind of get used to what it is. Now it's just the right? It's just the swoosh. This is just the polo, right? We don't need polo anymore. Anyway. Everybody knows what this is. So brands have a way to morph into something where it means we we see the logo, we understand what it means. Right? It has some sort of connotation has something we either like it or don't like it, whatever, right? That's what brands have the ability to do over time, depending on the relationship, depending on the experience that we've had with the, oh, looks like they fixed our internet at home. Sorry. My wife is struggling with the internet at home. So let me just let her know. Uh, try it now. So I'll try it now. Thank you to Utah broadband for taking care of my sweet wife. as she works at home trying to get some stuff uploaded. So, that went. We're all good. So anyway, that's the importance of brand, that you can you can take somebody and with a very small little insignia or logo or something, you can have some sort of an emotion tied to it. Now, me, uh, for example, me and the Nike logo have no real relationship. I don't particularly care for, for Nike. No, and, and the reason why is like Tiger Woods came out playing Nike clubs. And when he first came out and started playing Nike clubs, Nike clubs golf clubs sucked. They were horrible. And he wasn't really playing Nike clubs. He was playing clubs, Miura clubs from Japan. That's a very high end forged club out of Japan. And then they were just putting the little Nike on it. Um, So it looked like Tiger was playing Nike clubs, but he wasn't. He was playing Miura clubs, which he used to play with Titleist. Titleist did the same thing. And, And so that bothered me. It's like, don't put your logo on somebody else's club and call it your own. Now, there's a lot of OEM and stuff that goes on. I get it. But for me, it just seems sort of ridiculous that, that Nike ran out, Tiger Woods, you know, arguably one of the greatest golfers to ever live, and saying that he was playing their clubs. And then we all run, you know, we schmoes who are influenced by that would run out and purchase some you know, Nike clubs thinking they're the clubs that Tiger Woods played. And they're not. They're just great big piles of garbage at the time. Now, they did get better over time. They hired engineers and they got better. And then they realized they couldn't make any money. And so now there's no nightclubs anyway. um, And so be it. And then um, I had the misfortune of, well, then you've got Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan is a great big fat cheater. And he pushes off when he plays basketball. And he beat the Jazz a couple times when he was with the Chicago Bulls. And so he's a great big fat cheater. And he's not a very good basketball player nor a very good golfer. And he wears Nike stuff. So I don't like Nike. I, I just don't I don't like it and then uh, third nail in the coffin. I don't does it take more than three nails but for me three very big nails in the Nike coffin is I read the um, I read the book put out by the founder of Nike and his name escapes me right now I don't know. It was like whatever it was but anyway some shoe something or other it, Literally one of the worst autobiographies I've ever read. It was like a book. It was a great big book like the first half was about how he did business in Japan. And I'm very sensitive to doing business in Japan because I love the Japanese and we'll talk about that in a little bit later and I love their culture. And he talked about how dishonest and, and so he had to protect himself and lie, cheat and steal in order for him to get his business going. And frankly, nothing in that book read true to me from the experiences that I've had. And then when it got done, it was just basically a great big humble brag book. You know those? And it's like, you know what, dude, don't care. So take you and your Nike and your swoosh and the whole thing. I will never buy anything with Nike on it again. Won't. Will not. Till the very day I die, I will not buy anything from from him, from Phil. Um, anyway, so besides the point, so, that's, so there's, again, pointing out there's two different ways you can look at this. If you do things the wrong way, your brand can take a major hit. So as far as I'm concerned, Nike is garbage. I can't stand it. Will never buy it. Hate it paid everything to do with it. I'm very passionate about it. I throw a fit when my kids are trying to come home and I just, I, I can't stand it. Right. I don't like any of it. And so there's that. that, there's that for me. I was so happy. You know, I was so happy when the NFL went away from, I, well, when, I, I, anyway, anytime one of the big brands takes on Nike is their big sponsor, I get upset. Right. I just, I lose respect for whatever that brand is. And here locally, we've got Brigham Young University, they've always been Nike. And that's one of the reasons I have a heart, I will not wear BYU stuff. Even though I'm a Provo boy, I was born and raised here, I will not wear anything with a Y on it. Absolutely not, as long as Nike's their school, Nike is horrible and I will not participate in that, that garbage, okay? So you can really pull, and that's a, obviously a harsh example, but you can really pull out of somebody some emotion based on a brand and what that brand represents. And then, conversely, you can have brands that bring out such passionate, wonderful supporters, such loyalty because of a different experience they've had with that and so I was kind of reminded of that over the I was reminded of that over the weekend. that's not very good um, oh dear, so yeah, our internet's not doing well at home, so I'm sending this on to Lee again, okay so um. Again, Utah Broadband is so kind to us, and I really appreciate them helping us out at home. We've just had some real problems there lately, so. but they take care of it. Anyway, so back to branding. So a really cool experience happened to us and our family over the last week. So on, um, as many of you know, my oldest son is on a church mission right now, and he gets home a week from tomorrow, which is crazy. So he's been gone for two years. We haven't seen hide nor hair of him. We have been able to talk to him recently. There's been some changes to the policy. Um, when I was a missionary, I didn't talk to my family one time in two years, like zero. Um, but now they've loosened that up a bit. And because there's such cheap ways to communicate, it's become a little bit easier to do that. I, I did enjoy back in the day that um, I was in Japan. And um, so it, it was would have been very expensive for me to talk to my family. And so they kind of just made it a rule. So everybody was on, you know, was was sort of... Uh, being dealt with evenly, which I thought was great. So it would have been a huge advantage back when I served a mission to serve in the States because you could talk to your parents all the time if you wanted to. Um, but in Japan, that just wasn't possible. So nowadays, it doesn't matter really where you are in the world with Skype and Facebook Messenger and all that, you can speak. And so we now have, have opened it up and made it so it's, it's possible for us to speak to our children who are out serving missions every day every P-Day, every preparation day, which is Monday, which is today, which means he could be contacting me at any time. So, But he has eight days. We will pick him up from the airport in eight days from now, and that is awesome. We are so excited about it. But um, my second son, his name, uh, my second son, we'll just leave it at that, um, to protect the innocent, he, um, got, he received his mission call. And how this works out is it, it's completely random. You go ahead and fill out your mission papers, and you basically send them in to the church headquarters and say, "Hey, I'm willing to serve. I'm gonna, I'm willing to go out and serve for two years, um, pay my own way, go wherever you tell me to go." And it's really just completely up to church headquarters and inspiration where you end up going in the world. I went to Japan. I had a brother go to California. I've now had a son go to California. My wife, she went to Connecticut. So it just doesn't matter. Um, I've got a cousin here who's working with me. He went to Korea. So it just doesn't matter. You just kind of wherever you should, wherever it goes. And we've got hundreds and hundreds of missions now across the world. And so you just really don't know where it's going to go. Well, my son on Thursday of last week, which was, I, I was, yeah, he, he got up and you know what, I should probably queue up that video cause it's so cool. But anyway, you essentially get something that comes in on your phone. Let me see if I can pull that up. You essentially get something that comes up on your phone. Now it used to be a letter. Like I got a, a, an actual letter. And I had to open it up and, and read it. And things have changed quite a bit um, over the course of, um, oh, see, I actually saved it, I think, somewhere. But anyway, I, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, my so I got a letter and I just opened up my letter and read it. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'm going to Japan. You know, Kobe. I mean, Kobe. I think I said Kobe. Kobe, Japan. And uh, so I put it down on the bar and I left. And uh, my family came home, oh yeah, you're going to Japan, whatever, and that was sort of how you do it now. Nowadays, we do it a little bit differently. We, um, it's kind of a big celebration. So my son received word uh, electronically that his mission call had come in, that he had been assigned. And it was now his turn to open it up and kind of read it to all of us. And so what we do nowadays is you kind of invite everybody, all of your friends and the whole thing, you have refreshments. And so we had like dozens of donuts and chocolate milk and everything there and all his friends came over. We brought in, like Carol's mom came. My mom's out of town for a niece's wedding, so she was gone, and my dad and a stepmom are gone on a cool vacation in Wisconsin, and they're gonna go down to Atlanta for the wedding, so everybody was gone, but we brought everybody else in, and we had this huge group, and um, you know, you Instagram Live. We had it all live, and we set it up, and he clicks on a button. It opens up and says, are you sure you wanna do this? And he clicks on it again, and it brings up, and he basically reads a letter to us where he's going. And he um was called to serve in uh, the Japan Kobe Mission, which is where I served 32 years ago. Which never happens, folks. I mean, it's the coolest thing. I mean, I was like, um, yeah, right? I mean, so cool. And what made it even so my wife was really sort of hesitant about um her children, you know, serving overseas, because it's different and the times different in you can't really get care packages to him very easily and so she kind of wanted to keep him close like canyons in california and that's been super great because right 12 hours that way i can pick him up and bring him home if we need to if things get tough a little tougher to do that in japan i, I really don't have a car that will drive that far or through um seawater so he's not going to be readily accessible to us if uh, if the need ever arise or arose i guess is the proper way to say it. but um, so she was like kind of nervous that he was going to go overseas, and he kind of wanted to go overseas. Like he wanted to go to Japan, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it was a, it was funny, right? So he didn't really want to talk about an upset mom, and mom didn't really want to talk that he she didn't want to go and upset him. So it was kind of a funny situation that we all sort of understood. And anyway, so when the call came and he read it, it's you know it's it's the Japan Kobe mission. Uh, I, I'm of course excited, overjoyed, and he's excited. And um, my wife was happy. And I'll tell you why, because we, about three years ago, we had a trade show over in Japan. We were getting some, trying to get some products in Japan. And so we attended a trade show and she's like my secret weapon. I mean she's smoking hot, she's gorgeous, she's blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, right. Um, and she just attracts the Japanese men like a magnet, right? So, I mean, I if it's just me and a couple Japanese folks, not a lot of folks come by, but you bring my wife in, you stick her on a corner, handing out some uh, brochures or whatever. Woo! I mean, we're packed in there pretty good. So, yes I, um, I, uh, yes, I used my wife that way. I don't know. She doesn't speak any Japanese. She can just say hello, but um, they're speechless anyway. So, it works out great. So, we were spending some time in Tokyo, and then we had a weekend, so we jumped on the bullet train and we shot down to uh, Kobe and I took her around like my old stomping grounds and like these are some of my old apartments and this is the mission home and this is the church that I hung out with and then we happened to go to the mission home and it was open so they walked us in and they kind of showed us, which was completely I mean it's been like 30 years right since i had been in there so For me, my head was spinning, but it was really cool to show her, yeah, you know, when I was in here, this was my little desk when I worked in the office, and there's the mission president's office, and that's their house, and this is the little path that you walk down to get interviewed by the mission president when you first get here. And so all of that I was able to share with her, and um, it was awesome. So she got to see it. We spent like an hour, an hour and a half or whatever. So now um, Carol understands where her boy's going to be. She has walked the streets and got off and on the train that he will use to access his mission home. She has walked the path up to, it's just really cool. So it was very comforting for her. It worked all the way around. Everybody came out of that. It was like win, 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 win. I mean, everybody was thrilled. So it turned out great. But the thing that came to my mind after thinking about it and thinking about my son as a Japan Kobe missionary is in, in Kobe, and in a lot of the cities in Japan, they have these literally logos for the city. And they are ancient, and they mean something, they have meaning, and they represent the city. And so all of a sudden, it came rushing back to me what this place meant to me. Kobe just means a lot to me anyway, um, because I grew up a lot there, and I love the Japanese, and I love their culture, and I love, I just love everything about it. I. I, I my heart broke when there was a tsunami. I was there in Kobe weeks after the huge earthquake in 95 to to survey the damage and see how our clients were doing. That's when I actually worked for a a company where I sold minerals. And so I was there to, it it was brutal. Some of my apartments had been destroyed um, and, and they had been condemned. And I still, I went across the lines and crawled up the fire escape to get into one of my old apartments. And it was just devastating to see the destruction and anyway so it's just it's a place that's special to me so now to not have my boy going was awesome but what came to my mind is this logo this japan kobe logo and so i'm gonna bring up i'm gonna bring up my screen real quick and kind of show you a little bit about that. Yeah. okay so um so here's and, and this is what's so cool about um well Kobe, Japan, but really any city in Japan if you've got these. So this is their man, like their manhole covers, and they've got diff, lots of different kinds. But you see this little mark up here? It's called the Kobe mark. It's essentially two half circles forming kind of a an X. That's their logo. Okay, that's the that's the Japan Kobe logo. I have that. On, I had that made into like on my scripture covers. I have like a ring with the Japan Kobe logo. Unfortunately, it's locked up in the pod. Don't get me started. And so, but I have a ring with the Japan Kobe logo on it. And you can't really see it here, but like even on public transportation, I'm circling it right there. I don't know if you can see it or not. I'm circling it there on the back corner of the, come on. Ooh, can you see that? Oh, there you go. Okay, so right back in here, right there. That's the Kobe mark. It's on even the public transportation. So this mark is like everywhere and it represents Kobe to me. When I see this mark, it brings back memories. It brings back emotion that is really hard to contain. And it's crazy that you can take so much emotion and that you can um, connect it to, and this actually, this photo here, right? That is the, That is the harbor of Kobe, Japan, so that's why it's up. Um, Anyway, so you can tie such strong emotion to uh, a logo. So how do we do that? What is that? And I started to think about what are the kinds of things that we can do as business owners to make sure that our brand is one that represents uh, who we are as a company and it's a positive experience. And then we can cut through a lot of the clutter and the messaging and all that because once people get to a point where they love what you do and you then tie it to a logo, you can do all kinds of things with that. In your marketing, you can do all kinds of wonderful things. You can give away free t-shirts, you can do all kinds of stuff. And as long as they have this connection and, and this positive emotion towards that icon, you now have the ability to do really, really simple and cool things to draw that emotion out of some very loyal and important clients. Okay, so I would buy, for example, I would buy anything with this logo on it. Um, and I will bring it up again. It, literally, I feel so strongly about this logo, this little thing, like if it's got, if there's a t-shirt with that on it, or really anything with this little mark on it, did that work? It doesn't work. So this, let me do this. Does this work if I do that? Okay, now you can see it. See this little Delio thing right here? So that is the Kobe mark. That's a cool thing. This, this manual is actually pretty cool. So that's the sort of the, they call the mountains in Japan, I don't know. We in Utah probably call them more hills, but they have this mark up on the hill and for like all celebrations, they can light this baby up. We do a very similar thing here at BYU um, for home games or whatever they light up the Y, but Kobe will light this up. And in Kyoto, they do something very similar where they've got the different, um, they've got different emblems up on the mountain that represent, you know, sea and fire and sky and all kinds of cool stuff. So so they do that in Japan, but the Kobe mark is up on the hill and they used to light this thing up. So it's a a port city. They would light this thing up. So ships um, sailing into the harbor could be directed by this Kobe mark and still towards it. So obviously in our our missionary um, vernacular, we use this quite a bit to make sure that this Kobe mark was something that we always kept our mind on. We always kept focused on going for what's important and keep our goals in mind, keep our goals in sight and keep moving towards them. And we talk a lot about that. So that's how this Kobe mark became so important to me in my life. And again, it's right here on the buses, they got it everywhere and I just love it. So what can we do then as companies to make sure that our logos are uh, felt, w- where we can draw that kind of emotion. And the first thing that we need to do is make sure that we're using our logos, to make sure that we are branding our stuff. So our, whenever we're tying ourselves to like, you'll see a lot of the, these quote boxes that go out and stuff. We're, when we take just a quote and we just share it, we are missing out on an opportunity to tie something that's really, really cool to our brand. Okay, even something as that, so a really cool quote going out with your branding on it is important. Why not? If it's a quote that you love and feel like it's a very powerful and impactful quote, it should have your logo on it. You should have graphics created that have your logo on it. So people can tie that emotion to it. That's just branding 101, other things you can do. Make sure that when you send out your emails and things that you've got your branding in those emails. A lot of them will say, oh, I just want plain black or this, that, and the other, and my branding, is B. Not a lot of emotion to that, folks. We, we really look at things and, and save them in our head and whatever's easiest to save for our brain, that's what our brain's going to do. So if we have a very cool logo and then we can tie some emotion to it, our brains will make sure that that's all tied together. So to just tie it to your name all the time is not the best way to go. Okay, you need to find something that sticks out. Now, I use for this show the little black couch, which you can kind of see right there, right? The little black couch. Okay, it's not much for a logo, but I'll tell you what, over time, that little black logo couch, that little black couch logo will stick in your head. And some of these messages will be um, associated with that little logo. I've got this uh, D and an A for Dr. A that I use sometimes for my personal brand. Again, I could just have my name. But if you tie it to some kind of a logo and you get some emotion behind that, it's going to be a lot easier for your brain to remember that little logo and tie the emotion to it. It's just the way our brains work. It's super cool. Um, but to take a, a great big thing of text with somebody's name or like to take this 30 years of entrepreneurship and try to make that my brand, you might remember that as a slogan, but you will always picture you will always picture the logo here, right? When it comes to that, that's just the way our brains work. So all the messaging we do, make sure that it's prominent on your site. Make sure that when you go out and, and whether you're giving away free t-shirts or whatever, make sure that your brand represents you. Don't skimp on a brand. Um, it's not like you, it's pretty cheap to go to Fiverr and find some graphic artists that will do some really cool things to come up with something that's unique to you. And if you can tie it into something that has some emotion, that has a story, that tells people and reminds people what you're all about, then you can create a brand that pulls emotion out like the Kobe mark does for me, right? Um, And do it in a a very positive and impactful way. So that would be something that I would recommend for everybody who's watching me to do today. Look at your brand, what does it represent? Do you have something that's quick, easy, and cool to look at and simple? And can you now start tying your messaging and your stories and you, everything about you to that brand? Right. Can you bring people to your brand and have them feel the same way about your brand as they do about your messaging? Because once that connection's made, then you've got a very, very powerful tool in your toolbox to get people to move along with you up your value letter and buy your stuff. Okay. So that's it on branding. It's such a cool I'm so excited that my son gets to experience Japan. Um, I'm so excited that my oldest son will be home in eight days. I am going to so get him involved in what we're doing here. Um, in some of the projects that we're working on. He's a graphic artist, he's brilliant, he's super creative, and I'm excited to see what he can do to help me, frankly. Um, because me, I'm not so good with the um, with the creative stuff when it comes to uh, logos and things. In fact, we I showed him my latest logo. This is actually a funny story. I showed him my latest logo last week, and he said, Dad, it'll be really good when I can get home and kind of help you with your logos. And I'm like, yeah, you know no, dude, it will be. I'm excited to have him home to help me with my logos. He will do an amazing job and I'm looking forward to it. So thank you for joining me today here on the Little Black Couch, right? Little Black Couch, um, where we have lots of experience in entrepreneurship and we want to share everything that we've got and everything that we've learned with you so you can avoid the pitfalls of entrepreneurship and turn all of your dreams, avoid the nightmares, and have a successful business that's something that you're passionate about, that you love, that you enjoy, and that delivers enough revenue for you to be comfortable. So that's our goal, and that's what we're gonna keep doing here from the Little Black Couch. Thanks. Everyone, I want to really thank you so much for joining me on your entrepreneurship journey. If there's anything you learned today, or if there is a topic you would like me to discuss in the future, I would really love to hear from you. I do have a favor to ask. Would you please subscribe to our podcast or Facebook page and please like share and use the hashtag the little black couch. It would really help get this message out and hopefully help more people like us. Now let's get out and change the world together.